Shalom brothers and sisters in Yahushua. I just want to start off by giving our Heavenly Father Abba Yah the glory and the thanks for everything that He has done for us. The things that He has done in the past, the things that He does today, and the things that He's getting ready to do for us, you guys. This episode is kind of an on the whim inspiration. Um, I'm going to give you guys a little bit of a, a short testimony or a short backstory before I go into the lesson. But the past couple of weeks have been extremely hectic, okay? Um, on top of Satan being extremely busy, um, the Lord, Abba Yah, he has been extremely busy himself. <laughs> and... Even through all of the chaos and all of the uncertainty, the one constant that remains the same is our Heavenly Father. Brothers and sisters, you have to trust Him and believe that He knows better, okay? So, I read a passage. Um, it pertained to Job, the story of Job. There was, um, it was more towards the end after Job's friends came and said their bit and all of this and all of that. Our Heavenly Father said something that had my mind really working. He said that throughout the whole entire exchange, you know, between Job and his friends and his circumstances, Job remained faithful and correct about our Heavenly Father. Now, I've read that particular passage so many times, but it hadn't really, for real, clicked until the other day when I read it and I realized how much more I wanted to understand my Heavenly Father. And when he said that Job had everything right about him, it made me just want to go ahead and go back into Job because that's actually one of my favorite books. Go back into Job and just, you know, see what Job says and really do an in-depth study on what Job is saying about our Heavenly Father. So I have to admit, I haven't really gotten too far into it, but I came across Job chapter 1 verses 6 through 12 and immediately I knew there was a lesson just from that right there okay so the title of this segment is called the testing of Yah's children and Yah is in control okay so I'm gonna go ahead and read Job chapter 1 verses 6 through 12 and then we'll discuss that as well as bring up some other examples okay so if you guys open up once again to Job chapter 1 verses 6 through 12 it says now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan came also among them and the Lord said unto Satan whence come you then Satan answered the Lord and said from going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it and the Lord said unto Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that fears God and turns away from evil? 
Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for nothing? Have not you made a hedge about him and about his house and about all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands, and his substance is increased in the land. But put forth your hand now and touch all that he has, and he will curse you to your face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power, only upon himself put not forth your hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. All right, brothers and sisters. So, oh, and before we continue, I have a little bit of a dry cough. I'm, I have a sinus thing going on, so please forgive me. There is no Rona over here, so don't worry. But I have to really, for real, talk about this particular passage, you guys. <laughs> the exchange is very educational, okay? For those of us who are in the Lord and who are doing what we're supposed to do, even you guys who are uncertain on if you should take that leap into giving your faith and your all to the Lord, this is a perfect passage to look at, okay? So let's start from the beginning, all right? So and so we're showing here in, in verse 6, you know, that the sons of God, the angels, if you will, they present themselves to the Lord, meaning they report to him. Our Heavenly Father obviously is the ultimate general. So he does have a hierarchy in a sense where the angels, even Satan, has to report to him everything that is going, okay, that's going on. So then you have verse 7 where the Lord asks Satan where he's coming from. Satan already tells you, first of all, he's not all-knowing. He's not, he can't be everywhere at once because he has to travel to and fro in the earth and walks up and down in it. So he's not everywhere at one, at one time. Whereas our Heavenly Father is everywhere at once, Satan is not. That's proof positive, of course, that Satan is the created and not a creator, regardless of what the world tells you, okay? So then the Lord asks him if he considered, if he's considered, you know, his servant Job, okay? So when Satan goes to answer the Lord, obviously Satan has considered Job but cannot touch him because the Lord has protection all the way around him. So now the question is, why is the Lord protecting him so heavily? Well, the Lord says here in verse 8 that Job is perfect. He's upright. He respects the Lord and he turns away from evil. All of the things that we as the Lord's children are supposed to do, Job does. So, this is proof positive, brothers and sisters, that we can be like Job. It is possible. Okay? Yes, it requires sacrifice. Yes, it requires fighting our flesh. Yes, because we are born sinners. But it shows here, you guys, that it is extremely possible to be perfect in the eyes of the Lord. Okay? So... Then Satan, after acknowledging that he cannot touch Job because of the Lord's protection, he tells the Lord, if you put your hand on him now and take away all that he has, he will curse you in your face. 
So now we have a situation where Satan does not understand something. Satan is very wise, yes. But his pride has caused him to not see past certain points, okay? He believes that if the Lord took away everything that Job has, meaning his material wealth, even his children, okay, his family takes away all of those things that Job will curse the Lord, meaning Satan does not know Job, okay, brothers and sisters, you got to understand this, Satan does not know Job. But see, Abba Yah shows you in his confidence. He knows his servant. He knows Job will not do those things that Satan does, even when Satan goes to take it away. So, here is one more proof of something that Satan does. Satan goes to the Lord and he is an accuser and he is a tempter, okay? Brothers and sisters, Job chapter 1 verses 6 through 12, it says a lot without really saying a whole lot. But there is so much in here about Satan's characteristics. There is also a lot in here about the Lord's characteristics when you are his child, what he will do for you. Okay? So, I'm going to do a recap of this here, and then we're going to go into some other examples, all right? So the recap of this particular part, we know that the sons of God, the angels, they report to the Lord, okay? They report all of their doings and what's going on in the world. Then we have Satan, who cannot be everywhere at once, okay? We have the Lord who asks Satan if he's considered his servants. We have Satan acknowledging that he has considered but cannot do anything because the Lord's protection is around that servant, meaning Satan cannot touch you unless one of two things. Either A, you are in violation of the Lord's spiritual laws, meaning you are in sin, so therefore you belong to him, to, to Satan, or B, the Lord has his protection around those who belong to him. Satan cannot touch anyone without Abiyah's permission. So if, and it says here, if the Lord gives Satan permission to touch you, that means you are in a test. Okay? Doesn't mean the Lord has left you. Oh, no, 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 no. He is just proving to Satan that Satan is full of crap because he knows you. He knows that you are going to contend for him. He knows and has faith that you are going to keep on doing what you have to do, whether you have something or you don't. Okay? That is something that Satan can't understand, you guys. So, here is another example. All right? So, let's go to Genesis chapter 22. All right? In Genesis chapter 22... Hold on, let me get there. 32. <coughs> Sorry, guys. Okay. Hold on. Okay. So, in Genesis chapter 22, we have a very special 
display of faith, you guys. So in verse 1 it says, And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt or test, because the Lord does not tempt us, but he does test us. Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell you of. So now we have a situation where Abraham could either be like, Heck no, he's the only boy I got, or he could, you know, sacrifice his son to the Lord, you know, believing what the Lord has promised him. Remember, the Lord visited Abraham many times and renewed his promise several times. Okay, so let's continue. Going down to verses 7 through 10, it says, And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father, and he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together, and they came to the place where God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order, and bound Isaac his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. So you guys, we have an act where Abraham is full-fledged ready to do what the Lord has asked him to do. Believing the Lord's promise, mind you. Had he not believed the Lord's promise about many nations coming forth from Isaac, he never would have done that. I guarantee you guys that. But because he believed, whether he believed that the Lord would bring him back to life, or whether he believed that, you know... The, the, the knife wouldn't harm his son. Regardless of what he believed, the whole point of the matter is he believed the Lord so much in the promises that was given to him by the Lord that he was willing to sacrifice his son to the Lord knowing that his son would come back to him, you guys. That is some strong faith that we do not have today, okay? So then in verse 11 through 14, it says, and the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not your hand upon your lad, neither do you anything unto him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withhold, withheld your son, your only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his, thorn, by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh, as it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. Brothers and sisters, that was such an, an extreme display of faith that we lack today. We lack that faith today. The whole point of the matter is we can see, once again, Satan, Satan's hands all in this one. Okay? Now, Satan is the accuser, brothers and sisters. He is the accuser of all of us, day and night. And where does it say that? It says that in Revelation chapter 12, verse 10, that he is the accuser. 
He accuses us and he is always trying to tempt us. What do they say about him as well? He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He is called the thief that comes to kill, steal, and destroy. John 10 chapter, John chapter 10 verse 10. He is also um, the one that they call he comes about as a roaring lion. They say to be sober and vigilant because he comes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour you guys. And that is in 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 8. <coughs> Satan will do whatever he can, brothers and sisters, to get in the way of what we are trying to do with our Heavenly Father. I'm going to give you guys one more example. And we're going to really for real do a, a short discussion about this. Okay. So guys, if you can please turn to Luke chapter 22. Hold on. Let me get that in there. We're going to go to Luke chapter 22 verse 31 through 32. Okay. Get that. All right. So it says, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, that your faith fails not. And when you are converted, strengthen your brethren. Brothers and sisters, let me tell you something. Yahushua prayed for Peter because in that moment in time when he was talking to Peter, he knew that Peter's heart was not converted yet. Peter had been with Yahushua from the beginning of his ministry, and yet his heart was still not converted. His heart did not convert until after, until after the Lord's prediction came true about him. Because remember, he wept. And then he still had to fight some demons, you guys. Because his conversion, his full conversion, didn't happen until after Paul chastised him. <laughs> Paul had to chastise him. All the experiences Peter went through, and then Paul's chastisement must have been too much. And he finally said, you know what? Let me do this right. Because then after he converted, he did exactly what Yahushua said to him. That he, would that he would strengthen his brethren. You guys, Satan... Satan is, is something else, you guys. He, he hates us because he hates the Lord. He hates us because Abba Yah loves us beyond our understanding. Brothers and sisters, potential brothers and sisters, look you guys. Our Heavenly Father, Abba Yah, He loves us with a fatherly love. He loves us with a perpetual love. That means He loves us forever. He does not wish that anyone goes to hell. He really does not. Because in a sense, it is extremely sad to see so many people perish because they don't understand. Because they they fail to, to care about anything beyond themselves. These spirits got everybody gripped so tight. Now, the reason why I decided to talk about this is because there are many of you 
who have gone through a testing similar to Job, similar to Abraham, similar to Peter, okay? And many, many of us who've gone through these tests have failed, have failed miserably. I remember hearing so many people talk about why did God do this? If, if there is a God and he's so loving, why does he allow this to happen? Why does he allow that to happen? You know, he can't be that. He can't be all of that if he lets this stuff happen and that stuff happen. And I'm thinking to myself, but no one ever stops and talks about his opposition. The opposite side. Brothers and sisters, the Lord does not cause bad things to happen. Now, does he allow bad things to happen? Yes, he does. He does allow bad things to happen. But see, you guys are not holy. He is. He has seen everything from the beginning to the end. He knows how the ending is going to be. He knows this. So who are we? As the created to question our creator. He is not evil. He is not malicious. He knows what's going to happen and he is holy. But we are required to be holy like him. Okay, I'm going to just say like this, brothers and sisters. Y'all need to really for all study the word. Because... When it comes down to it at the end of the day, it all boils down to you guys do not study your word. You don't spend enough time with Abaya. He loves us with a love that we can't comprehend because we don't know that love. We were born into a world full of sin, deceit, and disgustingness. hope that's a word. But either way... We don't know what it means to love somebody unconditionally. That means you have somebody with problems and their problems cause you to get irritated and frustrated and all of that. But still loving that person the same and having patience for that person. That's difficult for many of us. Many of us do not have that patience because that's what it boils down to. When things happen in your life, this is what it boils down to. When things happen in your life that are bad, it's not the Lord. It is Satan that causes everything bad in your life to happen. And the only reason why it is allowed is because you do not belong to the Lord. Because in the example of Job, this was a test to shut Satan up. Because the Lord knew Job was going to overcome everything that Satan threw at him. Even sending his evil friends to sit with him and, and accuse him. The Lord knew Job was going to pass all tests. And because of Job's faithfulness, you guys, don't forget. In the end, what did the Lord do? He increased, he doubled Job's rewards. Meaning, he didn't just have 10 children anymore. He had double the amount of children. He didn't just have a certain amount of cattle. and He had double the amount of cattle. Double the amount of wealth. Double the amount of protection. His faithfulness, his loyalty, did not go without reward. 
Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. I'm going to turn to it right now so I can give you guys the exact um the exact scripture of what it says exactly. I don't like to sum things up. I'm going to give you guys the exact scripture. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 and it says But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. <coughs> Job was so faithful. <laughs> he had so much faith in the Lord that even when he was down to his drawers, scratching his bare skin because it, he couldn't even put clothes on, he lost his children, he lost his house, he lost his cattle, he lost everything. He did not step out of bounds and curse the Lord. Mm -mm. Abraham was so faithful that he was getting ready to sacrifice his only son, you guys, his only son. But he trusted the Lord, you guys. He didn't question him. He didn't say, oh, no, Lord, no, you can't have my only son. You took Ishmael. Don't take Isaac. No, he didn't do that. He went happily and wholeheartedly and said, Lord, what's yours is mine. It was mine is yours. Without you, I wouldn't have him. And if you got to take him back, take him. You guys, stop blaming the Lord for everything bad in your life. And that's, that's, that's pretty much the whole sum of this. Stop blaming Abba. You need to see what it is you are doing in your life to let Satan have any kind of dominion over you. You have to put your whole heart, whole heart, whole trust in the Lord. Even when you don't feel him. And that's a lesson for me too, brothers and sisters. Because there are times, especially in this these past couple of weeks, I can't feel him, and it breaks my heart. But do I do I do I blame him? Do I question him? No, I give him praises. I thank him, and even when I can't feel him, I still bless his name and worship him. Do I cry? Yeah, yes, I cry. Because I love him. I love feeling him. But I know he hasn't left me. This might be my time of testing, just like Job. Brothers and sisters, don't blame the Lord for things that happen bad in your life. Satan hates you, not the Lord. The Lord loves you. Abba Yah loves you. He loves you guys with a love that we cannot fathom. So when things go bad, just know it's not the Lord, it's Satan, okay? That's the whole point of this lesson, you guys. Take time to get to know your creator. So with that being said, brothers and sisters, I love you. And I pray nothing but blessings for you guys. Please, I implore you to keep studying your word and keep going to him for everything you need, okay, brothers and sisters? With that being said... Shalom, and you guys have a blessed and wonderful Shabbat and a blessed and wonderful weekend.